Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are here to preview the game against Doncaster Rovers. We are going to fume about the terrible performance against Shrewsbury Town, but maybe better days are on the horizon with Kira Louis-Dreyfus sat watching Remy Matthews fail to catch a ball at the Montgomery Waters Meadow Stadium. I'm Roy Fallow, reunited after he wasn't here last week with Matthew Keelan. Hello, good evening. How are we? Well, optimism's creeping back up with our new billionaire owner uh, reportedly hanging around the Academy of Light and play terrible football. Your optimism might be creeping back, but mine is gone. (laughs) Well, we're going to get some outrageous opinions from Matthew, hopefully anyway, I'm hoping so. And we're also joined by another wise men say regular hot take administrator, Craig (laughs) Clark. Hot take administrator. <laughs> yeah, I got a bit lost there. I know, I was I like, know where I was going. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll take it. Have How I got any hot take? takes? I think my hot take is that uh, this man, Stuart, will never kick a ball for Sunderland. Well, he did going over. He's just going to go through a, I was going to say, he's going to go through a series of um, some mothers do have them style mishaps that prevent him from ever playing for Sunderland. <laughs> I'm going to count down from 13. <laughs> he does look yeah he's got 13. that appearance he's got the appearance of uh, Neil from the in-betweeners hasn't he so like Flip. you know that's a Flip clumsy sort of character because his name's Stuart as well I keep thinking of him as Rory Stewart, that uh, politician similar hair actually yeah yeah so like yeah. there's a whole variety of great takes we can have with him over the years when he doesn't play over ever the years wow us. well how long's his contract how long's he going to be here not playing uh, <laughs> well probably Three years is the same thing we seem to be doing now. Two yeah. and a half year deals. Well, like two and a half would have been my It's just these pathetic men that we're signing from the Scottish League. <laughs> leave, leave Rory Stewart alone. No, yeah. no he's, he's called Ross Stewart. Rory Stewart. No, 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 he's he called Rory Stewart. That's his new name. Of time. <laughs> oh, that's his new name. All right, fair enough. Do you know that, by the way? Like, obviously, he brings um, a bad name to the Rory name, Rory Stewart. Do you know that he's actually called Roderick? I didn't know that. Is it, are you called Roderick? As I, well? I, well, I know, like that's like no. The Roderick is Rory's not short for Roderick, is it? Yeah. Anyway, we're also joined by Wiseman say contributor uh, Jimmy Ray. Jimmy, how are you doing? It's like a caged beast there, waiting for my introduction. Just while the uh, <laughs> the various the various Rory Roderick debates we're going on. Now I'm, I'm good. I'm um I'm feeling more optimistic than Matt, but um, it's not hard. I do tend really. to be told off for being too optimistic in general, so I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, but yeah. Um, we'll soon drain you up. Your I was going to say, Jim, you've only done a few pods. Just wait until you've done about a dozen. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> You'll be yeah, writing yeah. things off in no time. Yeah. Straight <laughs> down <laughs> the train. That that's true, yeah. I can't wait for my first write-off. I've never never knowingly written anything off yet, so maybe this well, will be the first what time. Be- well, what, what better time than to do it? Well, right we'll now. We'll keep Why checking in with, with you, Jimmy, like through the pod as we go and see if anyone's written off. Um, I tell you, you definitely should be written off, whoever was in charge of the team sheet on oh, uh, Tuesday God. night. Like, before we even get to the game, there's the chaos of uh, not even being able to hand in the correct team. And like the second time this has happened, kind of, as well, because we had the thing in the checker trade, didn't we, when we named Dion Sanderson when he was cupped and Max it's Powell so wasn't, Max Powell wasn't in the starting 11. Neither was Grant Ledbetter. 
And Has then, this ever happened to any clubs ever before? Apart <laughs> from this, I've literally actually. never heard of it. Did it happen to Burnley? Too, in midweek, yeah, they had Eric Peters in the side. We might talk about that on another podcast. Um, <laughs> where, but he was actually suspended. But yeah, Max Power, yeah. Grant Ledbetter not supposed to be starting. And then we saw Except Max leading out the teams. <laughs> yeah. um, speaks everything about the chaos that's going on around the club at the minute, doesn't it, lads? Well, I wish they'd uh, made a mistake when they put Remy Matthews' name on the team sheet. <laughs> and put literally any other person in the world's name on instead. Well, did you notice that uh, 39-year-old midfielder Michael Doyle was playing in goal for Notts County after the Kings yes. got sent off and did quite well? Well, <laughs> did better than Remy Matthews, who I would like to declare the worst goalkeeper to ever play. I mean, it was it, what made it even worse was in the first half, he actually did a couple of quite good things. And I think at one point, um, Frankie or Danny said on the commentary, oh, he's, he's, he's having a good game today, is Remy. And I was sort of thought, yeah, you know what he is? He's looking quite, he's looking, he's looking like he's doing all right so far. And then that second half has got to be, I mean, he's yeah, up there with, I mean, with the worst we've seen in it. I mean, yeah. Remy Matthews I'm, doing a couple of decent things. It's a bit like someone successfully throwing a deck chair off the Titanic. In order to like try and prevent us from sinking, like he's Why he's just he come appalling. charging off his line like that though. Like but as, what, soon, like... But as soon as as soon as he started doing it, like as soon as he started to come for the ball, was like right. Well, he's getting nowhere near this, is he? Like <laughs> rubbish. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's start like. And that kind of started our clap. Well, let's 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 go with that. That started our claps, really, didn't it? Um, it was. Shrewsbury hadn't really had any chances until then. And then we gave them that and they, they grew in confidence, didn't they? And that's yeah. all. That's kind of always what we do. We make some mistake and then we just shrink. It's like what relegation sides do. I know like we're not exactly promotion side, but we're mid-table. We're in the playoff conversation, so to speak. And then we just do something like that and we just collapse and... Yeah, fair enough. The mentality should be better, but the cliche is, isn't it? Like, if you've got a good goalkeeper behind you, the team, the defence is going to feel more assured. And when we've got these two knackers, and especially Matthews, who's even worse than Burge, it's going to make things even worse, isn't it? Well, yeah, I was thinking, like, um, there must be, and I haven't, I don't know the number. Sorry for not researching it exactly, but there's got to be around 10, I would say, goals we've conceded this season that have come directly from goalkeeper errors and have cost us. I'd, I'd imagine at least three or four wins, um, and well, it's going you... back to the championship season, isn't it? Like yeah. how how if we'd have had a goalkeeper that wasn't blind, like we probably would have, you know, got somewhere near staying up. Like you look at like this. I think Gareth referenced it on a pod the other night. All the goal, like the goals that we conceded, um, a lot of them just being identical, and yeah. the goal like they're both shit. But why? you would play Matthews instead of Burge. Like, Burge is not a particularly good goalkeeper, but Remy Matthews, seriously, you might, we might as well not have a goalkeeper. He is appalling. And, like, it's not just here. Like, there's a clip that I put in the group chat the other day of him playing for Bolton at Wigan. And he's got the ball in his hand. And the the Wigan, everyone's going back up field. He he looks and sees that there's a Wigan striker next to him. (laughs) And just rolls the ball in front of him too far. And this striker just, I think it's like Nick Powell or something, like yeah. just comes and puts the ball in. It's like, what are you, you yeah. absolute I, moron. It's insane. Yeah, you're absolutely right because he's turned in poor performance after poor performance every time he's played for us. And I, I understand, obviously, he's not number one. But like you say, if you're going to, if you don't want to play Burge, don't play him. Like play Patterson. Yeah, if you're well, that's play it. Yeah, agree, like, yeah. like Matthews, I'm sorry. And, and it, you don't, it's not nice to say, these things about players because I understand obviously a goalkeeper is a hard position to to play and he, he may he may have issues with pressure and stuff. But I'm sorry, it's just not good enough. He cost he cost that us that game directly. And it, you can say there was poor defending elsewhere, and there was um, in parts. But realistically, like you said, that set the tone. Yeah, that, that, that started it. Really, didn't it, but that was like <laughs> the red rag to the bull for Shrewsbury, wasn't it? There I mean, is they, others we can. There is others, like, Jim, like, that we I think we need to like. You can <laughs> see their mentality out. and energy just changed after that because they were like, "Hold on, what we we can we can get back into this." Yeah, he, but at the same know, time, Jake Vaughan's not tracking his man at the back. Well, that's just, yeah, yeah, like just that's totally, just. Yeah. 
it's that's uh, that is arguably just as bad. Like in he's terms of him. not being At able least to do he's the like a young player, though. I mean, Remy Matthews has got to be one of the most experienced in terms of appearances and age that we have. At least, I mean, I, I'm not defending Vokins as error because it was bad, but at least with him, it's like, well, you know, he's he's just come on loan from under 23s. He's not probably not played a lot of first team football, and whether or not that's the right type of player to, to bring in is another argument that in itself. But at least with him, you're like, okay, I can understand that he's not going to be perfect. But Matthews, well, I can understand why Matthews isn't. He's just shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. we knew this when we were signing him, didn't we? I mean, yeah. he wasn't good. We'll not go on about him anymore, but. This is what happens when your recruitment's bad. And I, I do take your point, Jim, about Vogan's being young. But he's shit but it's as well. A, and, well, yeah, the, the point you, you, you kind of sort of tangentially raised there is is relevant. Signing academy products mid-season who don't have a lot of first-team football under the belt is an issue. So Dion Sanderson, he's got a lot of first-team football at a good level under his belt, can't get in the team. The one time he does get in the team, as we've already talked about, <laughs> he can't play because he's cup tied. Vogan's just doesn't look ready. And we aren't the club who can give him the minutes to get him ready, except we kind of have to. Sanderson looks ready, Vogan's doesn't. And yet Vogan's is starting and Sanderson isn't. I don't really understand. I mean, I, That's I mental, guess that to me. Mental. Although I suppose That's... Sanderson probably is in the fullness of time, going to be a centre-back, not a, not a full-back, but that doesn't mean that he can't play there. He obviously did for Cardiff in parts last season. Well, that, 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 that's the thing, though. Like, I don't care about Deion Sanderson's development. I want him to play for us where he's going to be most... <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't give a toss like what he does after... He, he's not when he's going to sign in. Like, you know, you wish him well and stuff, but I don't care like about his mm. future, really. So I want him to play where... He's going to be the most effectual for us, and if that's at fullback, then play him there. I don't give a toss if he's going to play for Wolves and Excel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's still good for his development, isn't well, it? Well, of course it is. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure he's yeah, and sit on the bench to give a bit of balance. Like you can sign young defenders who are like I know you've mentioned Dion Sanderson, but you can sign young defenders on loan and, and that can work out. Like obviously Johnny mm-hmm. Evans, I think, had played a handful of games on loan for Royal Antwerp, hadn't he? But like you know, yeah, Vogel's. Vaughan's has played a handful of games for Southampton as well, so it's maybe comparable. Like, it just doesn't seem that he's—I don't know. He's maybe, maybe he will get up to speed, but he's had two poor performances. I think, yeah, I think with him, already. that is the th- big point. Like, he has only played twice. I mean, I think we've got to give him a little bit longer. I mean, it's—it's it's not just the lack of first team experience. He's obviously come into a different setup, with, you know, different tactics. And you're right, he's not impressed so far, but. Given he's replacing McFadzine, who played a lot more games and been equally, if not more, unimpressive than Vogan's has in two, I think we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt to an extent. Um, I don't know when he was due back if he is, but probably you know the Vogan's will get better. Four or five more. weeks. He's going to be probably probably about and the pub's open. I imagine. <laughs> oh, perfect. Pints for you. <laughs> Optimistic. Um, well, Sanderson probably is going to get a run in the side because Jordan Willis is out for six months after another horrific injury. Um, oh, you know, That's with the stretchy. weird, with the weird Amazing. stretcher. Yeah, exactly, Jimmy. We need to, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. We God. need to talk about the weird stretcher, yeah. don't we? Like the plow that they took them off. Yeah. Like, what, what, the hell was, what that was that? I've never seen that before. That that's like an industrial revolution throwback to something <laughs> you'd use it like in a, like a cotton mill. Or I, I have no idea what. <laughs> Where or like, can you buy them? Is that a thing that even exists outside of Shrewsbury's training ground? I think Shrewsbury <laughs> manufacture them. Like it's just Shrewsbury who's got them. Yeah, just well, well, like, no Hull and white, like Hull having white telephone boxes. Like, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, forgot about that in Hull. Well, the, well, they've, yeah. they've also got Humberside Airport. And it was when he was trying to get the emergency brake off it or whatever it, or whatever it was to try and get it going and he couldn't do it and he kept trying harder and harder and it was just like, oh man. Like John like Willis the... lying there like like in excruciating Dead. pain while some man is trying to trying to get the brake off the wheel so they can take him away. Oh, I really like the uh, Shrewsbury announcer wishing him well when he got sucked know, up yeah. as well. I've that never nice, heard anything it? like nice that before. Touch. It was like he yeah. panicked and didn't know what to say. Like he thought he had to say something else. It was <laughs> so strange. Nice. Yeah. I said, oh, please, the one now. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He deserved the Can you imagine if they'd been fans in and he did yeah, that, though? Just that like, chorus of booze would have followed that. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think that's why I did it. Like because of because of no fans yeah. there, I like, kind of <laughs> yeah. threw him off. Like you'd get, you'd get the warm applause, wouldn't you? Like, 
like that's what yeah. you would get in, in yeah. your, like from yeah. the opposition yeah. fans. So he was obviously unless you're, unless you're pistoni at the stadium of light when he broke his leg, but that, that's one of the few times when you've seen people get a. Uh, Rather not rather not applauded off, but abused off with the same. <laughs> Coutinho Anfield actually when we played them a few years ago, um, I think it was the uh, Moy season and Undong re- um, tackled him in the box and he was lying on the floor for ages in front of our away end before he got taken off and he was just getting abuse for ages and then the stretchers right, get, the stretcher came and picked him up and he and he was getting even more abuse and he just looked really sad. Um, (laughs) actually speaking of abuse Jimmy that's a really good segue Um, do we think a bit of pressure from the fan if the fans were in the ground that could have a positive effect in terms of putting a bit of pressure on Johnson and we chatted about this in the in the group chat a little bit and I think it is worth raising a bit further because it can affect managers to change things sometimes when the fans start not fully like abusing managers or getting on their back. But we saw it with Parkinson to an extent. We've even kind of saw it with Poye and Poye like came and said, well, if that's what they want, they're idiots, basically. But it can affect (laughs) things, whereas Johnson at the minute kind of has it only a little bit easier because of like there isn't like 30 odd thousand in there who are making things a bit tetchy because with the run of form we're on, with the fact that we're not even in the playoff places, this would be quite set up, I think, Saturday, especially it's a bit of a must-win game, it's against promotion rival, etc., for it to be a bit tense and for if things start to go wrong for the atmosphere to turn a little bit. Like Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it wouldn't be like that, but you, you get that feeling of it, do you know what I mean? It's very familiar. Mm. So do we think fans being in and maybe putting that bit of pressure on Johnson could help? Don't know, maybe affect a bit of change, maybe a bit of a kick up the arse, if nothing else. I think so. Oh. I think, no, go on, Craig. Go on. No, no, sorry. No, I just I, I think it would. Um, especially now, obviously he's had well, a fairly poor start to, to be brutally honest. Um, but he's had like an experience like no other manager we've ever had, and I think he's probably I think if the fans were to cut, say we were allowed in on Saturday, I do think it would totally, I think it, it would almost totally change his job. You know what I mean? Absolutely. In a way, in a way that it's it's like these aren't, these are, I don't know, I'm not a professional footballer, but these. You are. You're not. Not anymore, mate. Not, not anymore. Oh, you're retired. <laughs> retired. Tra- Trails at Forest, was it? Trails at Forest. Trails at Forest. And then RAF Rise Norton. FC. <laughs> um, um, what was I saying there? I've forgotten. Now. You're not oh, a professional yeah, like, footballer. No, I'm not a professional footballer. But uh, I, I feel like these games I almost feel like this season just feels like a standalone tournament, like competition. It doesn't feel real. Mm. Like the game to go for all like the players I know they've been doing it for ages now. Playing with no fat, it must just feel weird. And for the manager as well to have some pressure pressure on him I think would just change his job like make his job completely different totally. to be like to have the interaction like to even like have fans like singing his name if we're you know what I mean like he'll not mm-hmm. he hasn't had any of that and he might not have because we've been shit if the fans were <laughs> in might not have been singing his name not in a nice no, way but imagine the atmosphere we would have had from the away end of that Lincoln game if, yeah. we'd, have, if we'd have played yeah, like that right. you know and so uh, yeah I agree and I think like as much as he might be put under pressure with those fans there, I think he probably rather there was for for like for the reasons you've just said there. So um, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think he would be under pressure coming into this game had we had these results. Um, and I think despite what may have been said about our fan base in previous seasons, I actually think that we are definitely missing having fans there in terms of getting behind the team, uh, pushing us forward. I know num- numerous players have referenced it in interviews. And I think that um, Johnson will be missing that as well because he's not even had an introduction to the fans. He's not had any of that. Plus, also he's not had the backing of um, well, league, league ones, factually league ones, uh, largest and I'm assuming probably loudest home backing as well. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword because he would be under pressure, but he could have used the fan base to his advantage as well. I think he's also under pressure anyway because he set the target, hasn't he? Well, Speakman said. Recently, again, on, on a club podcast, uh, the target's top two. It's not playoffs, it's top two. But uh, as people have pointed out, Jordan Jones, in talking to the club about signing, was told by uh, Lee Johnson that Lee Johnson's target was to win the league. So assuming Lee Johnson 
believes that and isn't just saying it to recruit players, and I believe that he does believe that, then he's fallen well short and he'll know he's fallen short. Um, I do agree, having fans in the stadium would make, I think it has a positive impact because I think pressure is part of football. And I think you see some of these weird games. I, mean, I didn't actually see the game on TV last night, but Everton oh, was five, Spurs football. Yeah, it was mental. These things do happen in football, obviously, right? But they're more, they seem to happen more like without fans because. Like Villa beating Liverpool 7 2. Yeah, like these weird instances. Right. And yeah. I think you need pressure from supporters to almost temper some of these more kind 100%. of ridiculous things. Especially, no, especially teams in the situation we're in, because I mean, with the greatest respect to some of the other clubs in the league, and I don't want to come across as one no, of those fans. No, that, no, 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 no. That yeah. They all say that we are. But write like, them off, like, Jim. He's the opportunity fun, to write no, something no, off. No, I mean, like when, when if you look at our Jim. fan base, both home and away, like what we can give to the team on the pitch is is a great is greater than what can be given by virtually any other club in the league. And the players, like Craig just said, and what Matt said as well, the play, it's getting missed out on. It's it's creating these weird... If you look at some of the situations we've been in in matches recently and, and throughout the season where we've needed a goal or we've needed to not concede a goal, and traditionally and in any other season, the fans would have been there to drive the team on to achieve that result, but they've not had that. And I think that, as a player, like Matt said, must be proper weird to have... To just play and have, there's there's nothing there when you're used to having because um, the greatest respect to Accrington, like I'm sure they're like one thousand fans or whatever allowed, but it's not really the same for you know when they when they could have like thirty thousand for as a Sunderland player at the stadium, like get you know bringing you over the line as we've seen happen. Yeah, you know we, we've bad, said it before. Times, we, you know the crowd have helped us. Yeah, ex- like exactly. That. We've we've said it before with a lot of the games that have like gone a bit flat that we think yeah. fans would have like would have been that twelfth man and, and given us that bit of lift. So it it is it is a massive even after Matthews's mistake on Tuesday night. If there'd have been the sold out away and there, you know that might have just galvanised the players to actually think we can come back from this rather than Matthews' mistake setting the tone for what was ultimately well as we've said. But one to... positive, though, like on that, I guess to sort of like contradict it a little bit is the attacking play is yeah. actually quite good. Like he, he, we're just not getting a balance. We're, we're missing chances. Don't get yeah. us wrong, but but with that, at least at least you're creating them. At least you're remaining creative. So that is a positive. But the fact well, I that, think com- that uh, it's worth mentioning some of those chances, Rory. No, that Jordan totally. Jones missed was shocking. Yeah, it was all like that. Bailey Wright's header, Wyke missed yeah. a really good header as well. But I mean, Wyke, Wyke uh, you know, it's hard to have a dig at him because he Whoa. scores. He's, he's the only one who scores. Wright, I think that's a, more than once now we've seen him miss chances like that. Well, yeah, and you're right. It, that's frustrating. The Jones one, at first he puts a bad corner in, but it nearly works in our favour. The second ball that meet, reaches Sanderson is actually pretty good but his shot's not even on target he's got he's got to do better with that yeah. I mean no, right to centre half so I can it's a bad miss but he he's is a centre back it's a yard out yeah centre halves do get forward back, but that's the type of goal that a lot of centre backs would yeah, think yeah exactly. I'd yeah. score that it's a centre backs it's a centre backs chance isn't it it's one of them where um, realistically, if you look at so it, League One, is a weird one for this as well. I've noticed like the, there are some centre halves who score a relatively large amount of goals in League One, and yeah. Yeah. I can see why the amount of chances that I mean, even just barely right on his own has missed a couple this season. There's been others as well for other centre halves we've got. Um, so yeah, I think he should have scored. And Jordan Jones just lashed at it. He, you know, it was it was it was a, like you said, a very very poor attempt. Considering I just the position feel, he was in. like you, I think probably. Of the three, I mean, right is the best chance. And you are right. We do see centre-back score goals in this league. We just don't seem to have any of them. We don't have any centre-backs now, to be fair. Well, <laughs> and we don't, yeah. it, it is a problem, that, because Wright himself does, you know, have an injury proneness. Yeah. And if that rears its head, we are in a bit of trouble. Yeah. We've got, we, well, we don't have centre-backs, do we? Uh, well, McLaughlin would have to play there. Oh nine, like Alan Portsmouth at yeah. home. That um, oh, when you play, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, then you're back. To, then you're back. To oh, nine. nine probably is going to be a fullback, isn't it? Like, oh, nine with his yeah. match power center. Oh, Jesus. But we do have to find a way of because even though we are being a bit creative, we are still being very creative. You probably do have to sac- if we have to sacrifice a little bit of that to be a bit tighter defensively. Fair enough. Like I-, I tweeted about this. Like I'm not saying let's go full party, but at least early in the season, teams yeah. weren't getting chances against us. We were quite tight, and yeah, there'll be occasional fuck ups because it's a League One defense. Like <laughs> that's the best you're going to get here. Yes, yeah. there's going to be mistakes, but it's how many mistakes there are at the minute. For like me. we're just not. Dependable for me, I think a lot of that stems from the midfield and Johnson oh, with his two. Like, I just, when we play two in midfield and one of them is Ledbetter, I mean, you know, he does bring a lot of quality to, to, to the midfield in terms of w- with the ball, but I just feel like, and I noticed it against Gillingham and certainly against Shrewsbury as well, we get overpowered very easily in midfield. And I think a lot of the, you know, it's easy to build up pressure against us because teams will... Pressure, pressure, pressure. Win the ball, 50-50s in midfield, and they can build from that. And you, if you, if you, and then because of for whatever reason, there it seems to be this sort of like mentality switches on a sixpence with with our team. And, and if things go wrong, it just seems to snowball. And I think teams can sense that, and so they can they. I mean, Shrewsbury was a great example. They they got that mistake from Matthews, and, and since then in the midfield, it just, it just seemed that we, we were losing out to every 50-50. They, they it's seem mad, to be it? almost it's... more Shrewsbury players on the pitch in the middle than there were Sunderland players. But it's, it's mad, it... isn't it? Because like that, that we're saying this when you think back at the start of the season, where like it just sums like a, a, a period in this this division up that we just can't get a balance. Like we can't. We we it's either one or the other. Beginning all the time, of the season, like we could we couldn't like we couldn't score more than once, but we weren't conceding any goals. Now we're creating. Bucket loads. I know we. I know, like we didn't score. We scored one on Tuesday night, but we're, we're generally scoring two goals a game, two, three goals. You know, before past Lincoln, and yet we're just leaking goals at the other end. We can't. It just sums us up. We can't get. There's nothing, and we just need the middle ground. Well, isn't the middle I ground? Wanna, I just want to win two now. <laughs> it shouldn't be too much to ask really. is, is the middle is the middle ground not right so under Parkinson my main criticism was if you're going to play three at the back you don't need three holding midfielders yeah. now we've gone from having basically six central defensive players three centre-backs Grant led bit of virtually playing as a fourth centre-back and then two relatively defensive-minded players around him now we've gone two centre-backs two midfielders and sometimes yeah. that's not even what you would it's call two holes in midfield. <laughs> Far too lightweight. Yeah, Scorn, Scorn's not a holding midfielder, is he? Like, I mean, the worst, the he's worst not very example, good, but like he's yeah. not a holding midfielder either. Exactly. The no, worst example of exactly what you've just said there, Craig, was against Gillingham. Like literally in that in the middle of the park there, they had because they all, all they all they were doing they had bodies in the midfield and they were pressing and we you could see it was physically impossible for those two midfielders. And then with the two centre backs behind them to, to do anything about what Gillingham when they were pushing forward, and it was so obvious that it needed to be changed, but it wasn't, and it ultimately cost us. And I think Johnson, like, fair enough, if this is the formation he wants to play, I, I just don't think it works. I, I, I think, think he's going to change I, it. I, agree I think he'll uh, change it. I, yeah, I think, I yeah we'll does. get we'll get to that a bit more in the in the second half of of the pod with with like team selection and systems and, and stuff like that. Um, Aidan O'Brien getting a goal. There's one slight Lovely positive. Finish, Good ball through from Wyke. Again, we, we saw their link up play against MK Dons. And, and that is a dilemma for Johnson. He has to keep that front too. I appreciate that. But he, he, he is the manager. It's his job to get us not such a shambles, not, to not be such a shambles defensively as well. I, I appreciate he has to balance that, but it was nice to see them combine um, for, for the goal. It was a good finish and, and good ball through from Waiku. I thought, yes, he, he did miss a good chance in the second half, but I thought he did fairly well. And like you said, Craig, like he's not one you can really criticise at the minute because no. he's, he's more than doing his best. Um, we will go to a quick break there. When we come back, we, we haven't even talked about the takeover stuff yet. We're nearly half an hour in. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about takeover stuff. Don't worry, we won't go full Chris Weatherspoon over it. Won't bore you to sleep. And we'll look ahead to the Doncaster game as well. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Before we get really excited about the takeover and look ahead to a 1-1 draw with Doncaster Rovers, we would like to remind you to go to fromtheterraces.co.uk and use the discount code WMS10. Keep yourself warm in the snow. Get a nice get a nice coat and a lovely jumper to go with it as well. Save 10% using the discount code WMS10 at fromtheterraces.co.uk. Craig, what do you get 10% off, as Gareth likes to say? The old basket, of course. <laughs> can't beat that basket. You can't beat that basket. You can beat 10% off it, but you can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, yes, Kirill Ky- Louis-Dreyfus, he was in the stands at Shrewsbury. It seems like the takeover is going to be announced any minute now. Um, I'm be- even being checking Twitter during the podcast in case we get breaking news. Um, but unfortunately, not just yet. Um there's been the Telegraph article today as well, lads. Mm. That was kind of alluding to some of his plans as well. Said Speakman's going to be like a big cornerstone of this going forward. Um, Lee Johnson said in his press conference today that he has been in regular contact with Kira Lou Dreyfus himself, and it's been reported that he's been at the academy and stuff. So it seems like it's going to be any second now, lads. But you know, it's very exciting for the long term future of the club as well, of course. But <laughs> it's not going to have that short-term impact, is it? Which we which we really need right now. But you know, it's cause to be optimistic, nonetheless, isn't it? Well, I'll say so. Yeah. You've got any? I mean, but the, I suppose a quick thing about the Luke Edwards article in the Telegraph, I would say, is good news. The idea of him moving here, whether that means he's going to be here for large portions of time or not, isn't isn't really the point. It's it's an intention. He's going to be around. And that that's positive if that does materialise. I think on the slightly less positive side of things were, for me, the idea that Rodwell's going to play a part in this new sort of regime. Do it's we think like, that could be just a transitional thing? Maybe yeah, the trans- we don't need any transition, in my opinion. It's a clean break. It's bad enough that the current owners are going to be hanging around. We, we need a fresh start. It does say they've got no decision. They're going to have no, no decisions great. in that article, to be fair. But Rodwell is their man. Yeah. And he's got no track record of doing anything positive at any football club anywhere in the country. And he has done nothing here. The sooner we can get the, like I said on Monday, the first thing they need to do is back Speakman by staffing the club properly. Yeah. But in my opinion, Jack. Jack Rodwell, well, he needs to go as well. But Jim, Jim <laughs> Rodwell, so <bad> probably. <laughs> Jim Rodwell, it really has to be part of the package, in my opinion. He I does agree. Need to go. I, agree I think he'll go in the summer, Rodwell. I think uh, so. I, I think um, not going to disagree with your opinion on that, Craig, because that that would be also my choice. But I'm just wondering whether if they were going to choose one sort of last person from the regime to keep for the transition, given Rodwell's role with the club plus his. EFL maybe it's just a case of like like Rory said just a transitional appointment a bit yeah. you know a bit like the um it'll be sort of the last skeleton to to be removed uh, from the closet I know, I, I know what you mean I, I get I get what you I, I do get your point I think like 
that they probably are going to. That is probably why they keep them around. If they are, um, it, like, I mean, it might just be. What's like, what, what, what's and... the what's the what's the transition? Like it's a shit show. Like mm. what do they want? Mm-hmm. Here's what how you log a ticket with show? IT. That's where um... the toilets are. The toilets <laughs> yeah. are over there. Um, that's where that's you know. Well, you'd imagine. Do you you know there. the bit on Sunderland Till I Die when they try and get um, Coleman to come into Secret Santa when they showed him around the Academy of Light and then it's going to be like that. Fredo. It'll be like that, but it'll be Jim Rodwell just just in there by himself and Rodwell. Do James Transition from like fucking just an absolute mess. So what do they need him for? Just get. Well, let's be fair. Turn the fuck off. Let's be fair. <laughs> turn the fuck off. Eh? Let's, <laughs> let's be fair. That uh, that article did inc- did also say that Johnson was the first choice, and I'm not sure that's mm-hmm. necessarily true. There right. are certain things that are going to come out. You're not going to say, "Well, Lee Johnson wasn't my first choice." Of course, you're not. You, whether should. he was or he wasn't, should definitely do. Well, it would have been funny if he did and then sacked him. <laughs> not that we're advocating he sacked him, by the way. It would have been very would be like funny. European, oh, European football owner that actually, like sort of French Italian club owners, do come out with like weird stuff like that when they so it would it would. It, it, I guess though, funny as it would have been, it's quite nice that he hasn't come out and done that and just been a bit more like don't agree. You know, Play it down the line. <laughs> yeah, would have indeed you more to kill Louis Dreyfus, wouldn't it, Matthew? If he oh, sacked if he just, him straight. Oh, away. if he just sacked. Oh, yeah. If he'd sacked him in like a hilarious, just like released a statement saying that he respects his, respects his yes. football knowledge and what he's done in the game, but and then just sacks him the next day, or like it gives him one game and we lose, and then he sacks him. That would replaces <laughs> him, of course, with his dad. With his Gary dad. Johnson. Oh yeah, well. well. <laughs> that's your dad Matthew that's your dad alright yeah. <laughs> to be honest I forgot about my dad <laughs> but I suppose what my point was was right let's say Johnson wasn't his first choice which I don't think it was because I think we all know Gus Poyet seemed to be that certainly mm-hmm. seemed to be the case that was the, the sound coming out of the club mm-hmm. maybe the bit about Rodwell is well Rodwell's actually an employee of the club at the moment and you can't really come out and just be like <clears throat> yeah He's gone. But at the flip side, you could also have just not mentioned him at all. It yeah. could have just been... I mean, I've forgotten about him, if I'm honest. So. Uh, well, I, well I again, was, the, they might have just thought it's not fair to, like, maybe off the record that's been said. Do you know what I mean? On the record, it's not fair to have any speculation about that. Yeah. I think when I think when yeah. Donald and Metron first came in, they said they didn't want to speak about uh, Martin Bain for that reason, because, like you were saying, yeah. Craig, employ the club. It's It's not really fair to put that no, fair. speculation that. out and I, it, it, yeah. it, it could be before the end of the season even soon and yeah. we see a change there i but... agree though i agree craig i think we need to talk we need to get him out because it just it just you know it's not, not just even, him not by not the way for person no no it's not just him and it's not even for personal reasons because of his shit track record which he does have by the way as you said it's just we need it's... we need a clean break from this what a mess that we're in and he also looks like Mark Wright's dad. He so. does, yeah. We should <laughs> sign Mark him. Wright. Never mind Mark Wright's dad. We should sign uh, Mark Wright from Crawley Town on loan. Well, <laughs> oh, he scored the belt in soccer, right, didn't he? So yeah, he can't be get him in. Get him in. Yeah, well, he's playing for a club in a division below. So, like, he's well, not, he, he, played, he is nearly our level. He any any team over there. I, he I think does we have should... Sunderland written all over him, let's be honest. He does. He? Well, him and Bailey Wright could form He played in a round of the FA Cup right we didn't even reach. That's a very good point, Matthew. I think we should... Any any takeover talk, though, we should finish by on the note that it is obviously a positive thing. Because the future of the club will be, well, in theory, secured. And I don't think that was necessarily the case. Well, yeah, and just to to add to that Uh, as well, I think it's more positive than it looked at the point where it appeared to be that it was going to be like... Dreyfus was going to own slightly more of the club than Donald Methuen yeah. and Sartori were, and they were going to be there all the time. At least now, we, we, you know, he's obviously rightly said, no, that's that's not going to happen. And they've realised, shit, we're going to lose this if we don't mm. change it. So at least that, and it also shows, I guess, that that move is a positive sign for the future insofar as it shows that he is prepared to actually put his foot down with things. And hopefully that will be the first of many sort of strong decisions made with the, with the interests of the club at heart, as opposed the, to the, the second of being people. the second being peddling Lee. No, Jim Rodwell. Just kidding. Not not <laughs> Lee Johnson. Just just playing. <laughs> yeah, but the, what you says, all Craig, about about moving up here. The fact that Donald Methven aren't going to have any say. It's it's all. It's eight, we, how many clubs have had. Uh, 
Rich Owner come in and it's not worked out because they have been absent, because they haven't really, you know, cared particularly. Well, we've seen it here. Well, yeah. Yeah. Two, we've had a non-Rich Owner be absent, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we've had the perfect combination. <laughs> Ironically, this is one of the few, you know, Donald did say he would only sell to someone who wanted to move to the area and had the best interest of the club in the heart at heart. Good now, man. he didn't move to the area and was never here, what but he actually man. is selling it to someone who seems interested in properly running a football club, which is quite nice. Yeah, so, can't wait to see him um, in 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 Seaburn. He'll get one of those nice nice houses on the on on the oh, front. Could, I think. One of the one of the last thing I just quickly say as well is like it's it's obviously um, the decision they've made to, to to buy the club has been made with finan- with the finance. The pros- obviously we're financially attractive if they put the money in to get us. The potential we've got is massive, and I think that we thought that with Donald, like the interests in us going up would align with his, his interests, but it turned out that actually he was just looking to make a quick book out of us. Whereas I think at least given the amount of money they already have, yeah, the fact that they're, they're buying us, they're, they're only really going to be interested in the financial side of it when we get much higher up than just the lower levels of the championship. So I think that, that is also another positive. So yeah. although he is um, a foreign owner, I'd say that in, in league one, getting a foreign owner of his wealth, level of wealth or his family's level of wealth at least is is absolutely massive and, and like there's the said, fact that he's been studying he's thing. been studying the the game like the administrative side of the game hasn't he from a young age be that at Marseille or what he's done a degree in as well so he's been around this his, his whole life so you'd think he's think, sorry the, the other important thing of course is that he's related to Seinfeld's Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Julia, Julia, You know when you have one of those brain fart moments and you're like, "Oh shit, what's her name?" Yeah. So obviously we'll be seeing more of her instead of good. instead of Satori, which is uh, grateful. <laughs> I wonder if Jules, will imagine with George Costanza can come in as like a, oh, yes. like a minor role at the club. That would be amazing. Well, he did. He had <laughs> well, in the in the show, of course, had that exactly. role. He works at he works at the Yankees. Or Julie Louis Dreyfus, of course, was in Veep, playing the vice vice president in the American version of the thick of it. So maybe you know, get like an Air Force One style like plane or helicopter to fly <laughs> around, get a massive entourage. It could be, it could make. Well, could yeah, because be that's near Oxford. That's near Oxford. Then Methvin can, can give her a lift up. <laughs> there we go. It's all coming together. And um, will it all come together on Saturday? Hopefully, we'll have had the announcement that it's done. It's done. It's done. Um, and we get a lovely win over Doncaster Rovers, who are currently fifth, forty-eight points. Played mm. 24 games so far, so they're one of the sides up there who've actually played the least amount of games so if they can put a run of form together like they've played 24 we've played 26 Lincoln have only played 26 if they can get this run going they could find themselves well in the automatic places um won their last six I believe it is until midweek where they'll actually lost to Fleetwood who've been... oh, they were winning when I checked yeah got beat 3-1 I believe the final oh, score wow, yeah that's right it was 3-1 wow. So, you know, it's show, which shows everything about this division, doesn't it? He, he's one of the sides who look really good for promotion, in really good form, and then they've lost to a crap team. And we ourselves yeah. saw, didn't we, lads, when we played them earlier in the season under Parkinson, they were awful, and we should yeah, have been. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That wasn't impressive. Like, before the game, we'd heard all about Darren Moore's got them playing this, like, amazing football. And, <laughs> and you know, fair you know, fair play. He's obviously doing something right at the mm-hmm. fifth. The, the, the clearly overachieving or certainly achieving what they wanted to be doing but I didn't see any of that when we played and they were terrible we were told that oh it's all quick passing and quick well was it like they, they were well they were I, had, I had a look on on the uh who's on the who scored sort of review of that game and they all the, the top six highest rated players were some of them players in that game mm-hmm. and uh, obviously Ledbetter got the highest rating because of the absolute screen he scored but um, yeah, it appears that like we 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 just did really well when we played. Well, we were miles we, better than them, and it was just another one of our stupid brain fart moments to mm-hmm. give them a goal in the last minute. And they never they never threatened really. They never looked like scoring at all. And well, that, so ordinarily you'd be like, oh well, it's you fancy us at home, but you know we're shit now. So well, yeah, <laughs> I think, but you're, you're right. Uh, I think their fans were basically all like, we got away with one there. That's our worst yeah. performance of the season. And then since then, they've gone on this incredible run, like yeah. you've just said, Rory. And whatever 
I think he's a good manager, Mua. I think he was kind of unlucky to lose his job at West Brom. He, yes, I agree. and he's he's agree. doing a good job there. I suppose one thing that that they're an example of something that I thought about with Vulcans is they have a lot of loan players, I believe, but they've had them since the start of the season. Yeah. So they've had the advantage of being able to start slowly, but these players have now got the experience and they're working with a good coach. When you're already chasing, which we are, and you bring in loan players mid-season, they have to be players who hit the ground running. And I think that's the difference. They've had a bit of time to give you know, they could be patient with them. They're also their expectations are massively different to ours. Where Lee Johnson's coming in, and obviously, you know, we are expecting him to turn this around. He does have pedigree at a higher level than this. And I do think he will turn it around. Well, I'm, I'm hopefully will. But he hasn't got the time in terms of this isn't the beginning of the season. Yeah. He, he hasn't got time. None, no one's got time to make mistakes at Sunderland. And they haven't had... For not years, now, not certainly not at this level. Well, even less and less time yeah. the further down the pyramid exactly. we go, and we're trying our best to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but One it's thing, it's I'll it's a problem, that. isn't it? So that was it, really. With that, it it means that Lee Johnson, as we said, is under pressure, even if fans aren't in the stadium, and he knows it, mm. and he'll know with the new man coming in, Dreyfus, whether he's been talking to him or not. We we'll get we've got to get out this division. We've got to get out of this division. We just have to. Well, Now's the best one, time to do it. One thing I thought about was, of, of um, is he starting to feel the pressure? He said in his post-match, um, the one that the club tend to put up on, on social media, the quite short sort of snap reaction, I guess. He said, we need to go back to basics. And I found yeah. that very reassuring. And he, the thing is with Johnson, he does always speak quite well after poor results. I'm always, I think he does always strike the right tone. But we're not really seeing them put things into practice. We're seeing that weird four four two that we spoke about in the first half of the pod. How it's not giving us that balance with two midfielders and, and two centre halves, the lack of protection, what have you. But him saying we need to get back to basics made me think, all right. But what are you going to do to do that? Yeah. Because do we do we see him changing this system? He seems very, you know, for all he he'll make his substitutions and stuff like that, and he'll tinker with the the starting eleven. He does seem very rigid with this system. And I think that is it. You know, we got on Parkinson's back for him not for, for being too rigid with the system, to be fair, but the same with the starting 11. And for me, I think Johnson needs, you know, you've got to say, give him a bit of stick for that as well, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, it, it, it's not working. Yes, we're creating yeah. chances, but we cannot keep see, con- keep conceding so many soft chances and yeah if Remy Matthews does what he does that doesn't make a difference but you know look at Vorgans look at how easily teams do like waltz through us we saw it against MK Dons we saw it against Gillingham there's a defensive issue there where we need to tighten up and is it as simple maybe as going to a three-man midfield perhaps I know I've said it loads but it's it's worth repeating for me me, um I think that he if this if this if this formation is is ideal formation, surely now he's realised that he doesn't necessarily have the players at his disposal right now to play it. So a three man midfield with us has been proven to work. Maybe not in as as exciting going forward, but certainly in terms of not getting overrun as easily and frequently as we have been. So for me, yes, I agree. He needs to to change it purely from a pragmatic basis of not just saying throw all of the the better attacking play out the window, but just put an extra body in there. Maybe White has less direct support from from O'Brien than he would, because obviously we'd have to change the front the front as well. I think if you're going to play four at the back in this league, you need to have a strong midfield because yeah. you either have three slash five at the back, depending on when you got the ball or not, and you have less bodies in midfield. But if you've got four at the back, and I'd rather he did four at the back and three in midfield than did five at the back, yeah. then did the old parky three different because our midfielders aren't particularly progressive. So I'd rather have three yeah. less progressive players in midfield, but another three in front of them than five and then three not progressive players with only three, two. So you have so, a sim, have a sim midfielder basically is what you're gonna Yeah, get. given especially because we've got the pace of Jones at our disposal, we've got Gooch has come back in you know there are players that you can that you can use in those yeah. You went four three three. You could use Gooch. You could use Jones on the outside, and O'Brien could even play. Yeah. And it, O'Brien's one of O'Brien's best qualities appears to be sort of ball retention and reading the game well. So he could even drop back and 
sort of playing almost a, a number ten, depending yeah. on, on the way that you can play wide on the way the ball's as well. Going. Yeah, you can yeah, play yeah. wide yeah. if you exactly. want to play four three three. But what well, he has to stop is this lack of bodies in the middle because we get overrun, and it's happened against teams who are nowhere near as good as Doncaster appear to be. So it, it, something needs to change because we'll get overrun again if, you, well, if we go four two two. We'll get four two two two. Sorry, we'll get overrun like we did. If Gillingham and Shrewsbury overrun us in the middle, then Doncaster is certainly going to do it as well, aren't they? Well, just, just play 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 all nine at the at the sort of apex of the midfield. You can have a base of like Ledbetter probably one, then insert another next to him. Yeah, Scowling, Scowling for me because of his. I mean, I know he's not. He's a bit more like, tenacious, isn't he? Yeah, or Neil. You know, Neil's um, an option. Neil's not even in the squad. Exactly. I know, which yeah. is strange, to be honest. I think we do. I know Scowling has his, has, has his critics rightly for a lot of the time, but I do think as well he has the... Um, he, he is the most tenacious. He, you know, he closes down, he harries, he chases, he wins tackles, he gets he, booked he, ne- he never hides, scoring. No, exactly. No, he doesn't, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't he's more than happy to, in for of a better term, get stuck in. And I think that he's the only one who really does well, that on a, reg- on a regular basis. You know who right. else? You know who else can play in the middle, don't you? Max Power. Max Power. Yeah. yeah. But with the defensive injuries, like let's say Flanagan was Flanagan wasn't even in the squad on Tuesday, McLo- was he? Mc- McLaughlin was, wasn't he? Or was that a mistake? That's what I, that, again. I'm not sure. Like, who was, was he actually the on the bench at all? Or I, don't, was he, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think he was. Sure. I assume it indicates he's close to being fit, but clearly wasn't fit enough for Tuesday. <laughs> I think it was a team sheet from a completely different game yeah. or something weird I, like that. It has to have been that, doesn't it? Really. It but then again, bizarre. what game was it? Because because. Jordan Jones, was Jordan on it. Jones, yeah. Oh yeah, Omegidi oh, as well. Like you know, McGee yeah. only came back recently. Somebody's um, just uh, scribbling some names on a bit of paper, aren't they? Yeah, he'll he'll be playing. It'll be him. <laughs> but yeah, if McLaughlin coming back could solve a bit of a headache. But you mentioned Luke or nine in midfield, Craig. He might have to fill in at left right. back. Or do we? If Flanagan's <laughs> fit, does he go there? Or Power might have to stay in the defence. Like we thought, we were coming back to a bit of a clean bill of health and we've got an issue at, at the back end. We have end, got Winchester you know? as well. He's injured. Well, we're lucky to oh, have is he still him. injured? Okay. We are lucky to have. We are very lucky to I mean, have. he's the most pointless signing in the club's entire history. Well, you mentioned we talked about Ross Stewart at the top of the pod. Oh, sorry, he, was, he is. Yeah, he could prove to be. Um, we didn't make enough of the fact that he's out injured for longer because he's fallen or he slipped or he's had a fall. He's had a fall. Some mothers he's do have one him. of his falls. Some mothers do have him. I'm telling you, oh, Ross has had a fall. <laughs> Our Ross, <laughs> <laughs> unreal, um, isn't it? Well, I mean, like uh, you're right though. Winchester is there. I mean. He is quite literally just in defence of Winchester. I mean, I'm not so much defending the player as the signing. Like, I, I, I firmly believe he was purely signed to replace Dobson, and I think as a like for like replacement for Dobson, he probably is better. So, I just know, don't think we needed to sign another yeah. midfielder. No, 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 I don't mean that. I just mean like all. obviously they, needed, they didn't want to lose a body. Dobson was clearly going to go, so they needed to replace him and fairly low risk. You know, he, he, he did. He did that flick for Mike's goal away at Ipswich. That's Maybe true, and we are, game, of course, you know. lucky to have him. So. <laughs> I think we, we should, we should have signed a right-back. Well, we should have signed yeah, a right-back. We just should have signed it, yeah. one. We, we were very lucky to sign, instead of a right-back, Carl Winchester. Maybe play Carl Winchester at right-back when he's fit. I love him, me. Well, I'll tell you I what, like we, have, voice. we are... <laughs> Have you heard? Oh, yeah, he he's a great accent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so therefore he should make him captain and start every game. Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, yeah, we're, if we, uh, this is, raises an interesting point. If he has to play all nine at left back, not only does it speak volumes about the state of the recruitment, <laughs> it also does screw up playing him in midfield. And mm-hmm. then you're probably thinking about, in my opinion, playing Gooch at the sort of peak of the three in midfield. Because I don't mind him there, to be no. played. Was it Luton away in the first season where Gooch played number 10? And he was really good. You know, do you remember when he got that assist for Magic? He oh, won the first yeah. games of that yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. He, he, de- he oh, was definitely yeah. number 10 for a bit, at least. And I thought he was quite good, so I wouldn't mind him playing. Yeah, he's he's, he's in played middle. in a more conventional three-man midfield under Parkinson. He did that under 
a, a child in a way this season, I think. And even when he was first breaking into the side under David Moyes, he was getting used as a midfielder. Away. Yeah, yeah. Again, I remember in that Middlesbrough yeah. um, home game, I think he played mid- alongside Stephen Pienaar. Oh, what a world. Wow. What a career Lyndon Gooch has had at this football old club. Stephen Pienaar. And now with 61-year-old Grant Ledbetter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, COVID jobs for them soon. Well, you would have thought, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned Dan Neal, though, Craig. I wouldn't be against that, you know. It's... Alongside Ledbetter, I know it was In the a three-man as well, like alongside two hey, experienced players. <laughs> is, is Neil is Neil is Neil not a bit of like a luxury midfielder though? Is he not a bit of a role like you know like uh... isn't that what we need though? Isn't that what we're yeah, saying? We three, don't have a three it. Man midfield. Yeah, I think different. you need a bit of that. Yeah. Do you not? Yeah. Yeah. We can't yeah. play three just basic men. Yeah, yeah. Like, he generics. will have to do a lot of running for Ledbetter as well, though, won't he? Because whoever plays with Ledbetter has to do Ledbetter's running as well as him. As well yeah, as if you've got three, so if you've got three, if you've got yeah, Scone. Suppose Scone could do the running and then. Because what Cause else are you going to do? Yeah, because Scoin's main bad point is his passing. His crossing's okay. That's he true. gets into good positions. He harries and he, he hassles and he tackles, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to be able to pass very well. Oh, so maybe that would work. Or... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. maybe that could work quite well. Because yeah, Neil I... could do the passing, Scone could do the running. And Ledbetter's Ledbet got do... range. He can pass a ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. It, you, well, he needs people to take the pressure off him. But in that game, I know it... it you have got to take into account the opposition in the cup, but in the tournament. But I agree with what you say about Neil because for a long spell he looked alongside just going, he was anonymous. He could get his foot on the ball. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one who's looked like that playing for Sunderland in midfield this season, as you've pointed out, Jim. That we struggled to get a hold of games. But when Ledbetter came on, them two together dovetailed. Now imagine if you had an 09 or a Scowen, someone else plugging the third slot in yeah. that midfield, even Winchester. Suddenly, Suddenly it's got the dynamic, yeah, because yeah. because that's how it works, isn't it? And, it? and it's not it's not hard, and it seems obvious because if you look at some of the midfields who've played against us, it's quite clear that they have somebody who literally just runs around, Harry and Hassling winning the ball. Yeah. They have somebody who can play long passes. That'll be the Ledbetter. Ledbetter. Somebody, yeah. somebody who can carry the ball. That'll be the Neil or whoever else. Even so Scowan can carry it yeah. to an extent. He just yeah. loses yeah. it. Well, he can, and he also gets <laughs> in a good position. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he wasn't so small, he'd win more headers. I mean, obviously yeah. that's not his fault, but like he does get into good positions, and it just seems that Bar. I don't mind him. Bar is passing. I think his passing. Well, he's finishing, shot, oh, he's yeah. finishing is absolutely. I mean, even in the, in the first ten minutes of the Shrewsbury <laughs> game, he chopped he, he chopped one out of play like three yards behind uh, yes. power when he was he was calling for it. But yeah, I think I, I agree, Craig. I think we can get a a midfield three will serve the, the players we've got a lot better than having Ledbetter and somebody else trying and failing. To, to play against, you know, what appears to be overload after overload with every midfield that we play against so, because the bodies aren't there. My question all of you and myself, I suppose, would be, and you mentioned it earlier, Rory, and I've mentioned it on Monday, it means breaking up the O'Brien-White partnership. This is the conundrum. White hasn't looked great as a lone striker. He just hasn't. He he, he did have the run under Parkinson. I think that does get forgotten. You know, he was, he was scoring goals then, but we played we we played different. Sorry, go ahead. No, the, the, you're right. It's a good point, uh, and you know maybe that's something he needs to look at. Look at the tape, sort of thing, Johnson, and think right. He's played as a front three. What was the way in that front three that got the best out of him? Mm-hmm. You look at our goal on Tuesday, and it comes from them two being close together. The first goal against MK Dons, they're close together. White's first touch is shite. We know it is. It's not his fault. He's technically limited. When he's got someone near him, my preference would be 9 because he's got the energy to get up and down the pitch. It'll work. That means you can bring O'Brien out. If O'Nine's stuck at left back because of the feelings of you know bringing in a good enough player to play there, I, I don't know what I don't know whether mm. it, it benefits White. But I don't know what other people think. I've rambled yeah. on. I think I, he, I, I think he will stick with Vaughan's. I think he has to. I don't think he can keep moving players out of position and if he wants if he's saying go back to back to basics that doesn't really fit with that does it putting another no. player out of position no. he's just brought Vaughan's in I think if sorry Rory no no, no if uh, I think if he doesn't play Vaughan's on Saturday he'll never play again yeah from a confidence thing yeah you yeah. can't like to, to I mean Vaughan's will know he's had two 
ropey at best performances for us so far. But if he gets dropped for for you know his first home game, um, it's just yeah, like Matt. But said, he's a rotator, he's... Johnson. He's a rotator. Yeah. So okay. the other thing you would say is, well, O'Brien scored. What are we talking about? Leaving O'Brien out of the team here. That that does seem harsh, doesn't it? It yeah. does. And then and, and, and if you play him wise, who comes out because he's going to start McGeady? Do you want Gooch out the side? Even Jordan oh. Jones, he didn't have the best game, but you saw, you did see he little flashes. He was them down the right. You could tell. Yeah, but when he was, I agree when he was with that. Their left back, he, you could tell he was. The amount of times he fouled Jones, he's Jones clearly awkward, yeah. isn't he? Like, is yeah. you know, he did he did miss that chance. I think his delivery does needs you know does need to to get sharper. But you know, maybe that'll that'll come. He hasn't played a lot of football this season, but he did look awkward. He he did look like he was something a bit different, but. There is also Jack Diamond as well, who we're forgetting yeah. about. So he does need to find a way of getting, of keeping an attacking threat. Maybe, yes, he has to sacrifice a little bit of it for some defensive solidity, but I think that does have to, you know, look at the way we're leaking goals. Conceded, you know, what is it, seven goals in our last three games? That's not three league games, rather. That's One not thing really that Diamond enough. does well that I don't think anybody else does as well as him is gets the ball in in our sort of like borderline our final third and carries it doesn't mm. doesn't hit it he carries it away and he'll often either get get you know over the halfway line and be able to play a pass or he'll get fouled and yeah. it takes the pressure off the defense so much more effectively than somebody just booting it out of play for them to get a throw and for them to come straight back at us yeah, again. That's a good point though, and D- Diamond carries the ball out of danger areas much better than than I, I well I can't think of another player who does it really for us at the minute other than him. So I think going forward he, he needs he needs work in terms of his his you know his, his end product but I do think he does have a have a role in terms of his energetic he carries the ball well he he obviously worries you know, midfields and defences because of how many fouls he get. You know, how many fouls committed against him. So, but he, he's he going to rotate it. Though. He's going to rotate it. He's going to bring him in and out. Gooch, Jones, all these guys are going to come in and out. Maguire not even been mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah Maguire is still kicking about. So, but to change the system to four three three, which I think seems to be our preference, it means I don't think O'Brien fits. I think I just think that's him out of the team and. That's it would have thing. to be like a lopsided one, wouldn't it? So it would be like four yeah, three three, but I really think... O'Brien would go close to White, and then you'd have a wide player. It's a, Again, it, no, it that's is not a, back it, to basics, is it? It's, like... it's, a, it's, a, it's a headache for him. You know, he does need to maybe keep well, those two together, but he up. needs to find a way of tightening us up. But that's why he is paid job. the wages he is, exactly. It's his job. Um, right, we've been going on for ages, so I'll wrap things up. I'm going to ask you for a score prediction and a prediction on when the takeover will be announced. Yeah. So, Jim... Give us both. Scott prediction, when's the takeover going to be announced? 2-0 Sunderland and Sunday lunchtime. Ooh, Sunday lunchtime. Well, that was Sunday, so it was a Sunday lunchtime when uh, Donald was announced, wasn't it? So yeah, I'm thinking we'll keep it, keep it. Go out as they came in. Very true. Craig, what do you reckon? I think we're going to lose. <laughs> well, we're, we're not doing very well at home and... Genuinely, I, I just think we'll lose. Uh, like, I'm not kidding. I think we'll lose like 3 2. It'll be like a big high scoring game and we'll lose by the odd goal because of another goalkeeping howler. Ooh, uh, and I reckon it'll be announced on Saturday lunchtime before kickoff, much like Lee Johnson. But luckily for Kirill, he won't be in the dugout to face a 1 0 <laughs> defeat against Wigan. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Hi. Uh, I, I think uh, it, well, I think we'll lose as well. So I think we'll lose. <laughs> I think we'll lose two one, um, and I think the takeover will be announced in July, <laughs> not by this man, by former Darlington owner George Reynolds. Oh, as his yes, consortium takes the Reynolds Arena team. finally takes yes. control <laughs> of Sunderland Association Football Club, and we play our games at the Reynolds Arena in Darlington <laughs> as the Stadium of Light is bulldozed for luxury apartments. Oh, great. Oh, well, my my oh, buy, buy one. Yeah. And I would like to wish uh, Eddie a local. happy 65th birthday as well. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Eddie. Friend of the pod, uh, Eddie. Big support with the pod. Legend. Yeah, happy agree. birthday, mate. Absolutely agree. Um, you got a nice yeah, Thomas Terrace's birthday. jacket for his birthday as well. So, oh, you smart. Know, 
Yeah, get, yeah, exactly. Get one as well. Uh, save ten percent. Are we then, Rory? What's yours prediction? Um, well, Sorry, I can't really top that from Matthew, can I? Um, yeah, I don't can. think we'll lose. I think we'll draw. <laughs> I think it'll be one-one. We need to return the ideologically correct scoreline, and. I don't think this is going to happen, but you know we do need to say because Tom Walsh isn't on the pod. Of course, the takeover is not going to be announced because there is no takeover. But I actually <laughs> think it will be. I like your idea, to be honest, Craig. If it'll be announced on Saturday, but I'll go. I'll go Friday morning. We'll have nine a.m. press release ready. Ooh, love it. How about that. So you know you might be listening to this pod. You might just be finishing now as you you've done your long commute to the spare room because <laughs> you're working from home. Um, but hopefully it does get announced soon. Hopefully we can get back to winning ways against Doncaster and this, you know, maybe Shrewsbury, maybe Shrewsbury was finally rock bottom. We keep saying we've hit rock bottom. Maybe <laughs> this was finally it and things are now on the up. Uh, me and Matt will be back to react to whatever happens against Doncaster straight after the game on Saturday. And then Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday to take you through all that and hopefully chatting even more about this glorious new dawn at Sunderland AFC. <laughs> but as always, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.